On today's show, we talk about what it's like when your biggest dream turns into your biggest nightmare. I interview Christina Wirtz, the owner of Haven Salon Healing, and Christina shares how she moved out to Arizona to chase her dreams and make it big, only to be fired twice for the first time ever. She shares how that hardship forced her to look at her money mindset and money beliefs and how it was holding her up from creating her own success. What led her to start her own business and the, the beliefs that she had with that is what allowed her to create almost instantaneous overnight success. Listen in now and I hope you enjoy. And if you are enjoying, I would be honored if you would share this podcast with your friends and family and continue to describe. Every week, we're going to be bringing amazing leaders who have great stories to tell. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Tribe of Leaders podcast. Today, I'm super excited because I get to hang out with my good friend and always an inspiration, Christina Wirtz. Christina owns the Haven uh, Salon and Healing Spa, and you are out in Arizona, so it's nice and warm there, right? As we're recording uh, almost into February, and it's like freezing the last several days here in PA, so. That's right. Yeah, unfortunately, it's only like 65 but you know it's warm comparative (laughs) well I'm really I'm so I'm grateful I mean I'm like speechless because I'm really excited that you're here so share with everybody um, a little bit about your um, your salon what you do and your journey because you have a really cool story to share Thank you. Thank you. It's interesting because I worked at a salon back home in Pennsylvania for 10 years Mm -hmm. and then finally followed my dream of 10 years to move west. And from there, I had no plans of opening a salon. Um, I didn't have a job lined up. I had nothing. So I ended up getting my first job at this catering company and um, worked eight days, got fired, Um, got another job at a salon, worked there at the front desk for two months, got fired again. So I'm like three, four months into being in Arizona and so distraught. Like, what am I going to do? Why can't I hold a job? And And then somehow, what? You say, let's share too. Like, you had worked at this one um, salon and spa here for 10 years. And I mean, you were like practically running it. Like, (laughs) you were the lead stylist. You were, I mean, you had had like so much growth and experience and opportunity that like getting fired is not something you were familiar with. Not at all. Not at all. And yeah, I was working there since I was 17. And when I was 19, my boss, Jim, ended up becoming a mentor of mine. And I was working four jobs at the time and just miserable. Like my life, my quality of life was really low. So he kind of took me under his wing and taught me everything, like, you know, figured out how to get rid of those other three jobs and make my career really work. So within the first year, I think, of being full-time stylist, I ended up having a $2,000 service total week, which is like what the gals of 20 years had been doing. So I just grew exponentially, and then we had seven different levels in the salon, and I ended up being level seven within, I think, like six years. Mm -hmm. So just promotion after promotion and just got to the top. 
Right. And that's like, I mean, that's fast moving too. Like most people yeah. don't achieve that level, that seventh level that quickly. No, if ever. Yeah. So share with everybody, like here you are, you know, you're, you're really on top of the world and you make this huge change and then you get fired. What's going through <laughs> your head? What was going through my head? Well, just like life is unfair and like, did I make the wrong decision? Like I had a lot of like grief around leaving my career back home, you know, cause I had like 150 clients that I left and I had a really nice successful career and all these people who loved me. And then I come here and I can't even hold a job down for eight days. And I just remember like I was with my boyfriend at the time and I was just like sobbing when I got fired and their reason, they left me a voicemail and they were like, you're just not a good fit for our company. But then I never got a further explanation. Right. And so then, uh, couldn't even have a takeaway of like, oh, I need to work on some piece too. It was just kind of left open. Yes. And then the second time I got fired, I was told that I'm very much a go-getter and really driven and they don't think I'm going to be happy there. Okay. So I got fired for the exact thing that I was an asset for at my last place. I got fired for a year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing. And still, you stayed in Arizona, like you didn't pack your bags and come home, right? No. Here you yeah. are, dream, crushed, and you keep moving forward. So <laughs> share yeah. with everybody like, what looked like and what kept you going. Like, why didn't you come back? Let's see. Why didn't I come back? Um, I think because I just wanted it for so long. Like, the sunshine just does wonders for me. It sounds really weird. But like my best friend pointed out to me, I think last winter, she's like, do you know that you have seasonal depression? And I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, cause every single winter I see you be miserable and depressed. And I'm like, really? She saw the pattern. I never saw the pattern. But anyways, mm -hmm. so just the ongoing sunshine, it's sunny every single day. It's warm every day. And I'm like, I'm going to make this work, you know? <clears throat> and luckily, I mean, the only thing that made it possible was that my boyfriend, even though we had broken up in May, he was my constant supply of like support and reinforcement and like financially, he was just always there for me. So, um, he never let me fall. If I hadn't had that, it might've been like a different story, you know? <laughs> so really having that support allowed you to really move into and keep the dream alive. Yeah. So what happened next? Like after you'd been fired twice and you like you didn't just decide to open a salon the next day. No, it was five days later, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not one, but five. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how it happened. Like I was driving Uber and Lyft that whole time too. So I had a little bit of income coming in, but I was on Instagram and I just randomly saw this ad, I guess, for this place that was renting out suites for salons. And I'm like, well, let me go check it out. And I toured the facility. It was in an amazing location and the price was right. And I'm just like, then I asked him a final question. I'm like, well, what happens if I can't make this work? Like, how do I get out of this two year lease? And he's like, oh, you just pay one additional month's rent and then you're out. I'm like, okay. So worst comes to worst, I just pay a thousand dollars and I'm out. Um, so then it, that was in, I think it was in June and I signed that lease and went through the whole process of learning how to open up a salon, went through all of the licensing and all that stuff, got all my furniture, picked the paint, and just built it out and opened in September. 
Which is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> what is like your biggest learning experience in this last year? My biggest learning experience? Uh, probably just, it sounds like woo woo, but like letting things flow. Like I've always been one to be super organized and goal oriented and I couldn't take action until I figured out the how behind it. Mm -hmm. But this whole experience of living here, nothing has been planned. Nothing went the way I thought it would go. And just being completely unattached to the outcome and how it's going to look mm -hmm. um, has awarded me a life that I didn't think would be possible. Like so many things just popped up in my life um, that are just so rich and so fulfilling that had I gone my path that I thought I needed to go, it wouldn't have happened. Right, right. So you've really put it out there and manifested cool stuff and it's all starting to show up because you're not attached to it looking a certain way. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think you might remember because you were my client for years. Like I told my clients all the time. I'm like, I would never open my own salon. Yeah. I told I said that all the time. But I I viewed it I viewed it from the view of like managing other stylists. So my salon is just me. I'm in a ten by nine and a half square foot room. So I just never thought that I could have a salon that was just me. Right. But this business model that this place has, there's like 29 different rooms and you can rent just the room and the contractors are included, the laundry, the electric, Wi-Fi, everything. And it makes it really affordable to actually have your own business. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't even exist in PA. So right. I didn't think it was a possibility. Right. So for you, it was really letting go of, you know, what a salon had looked like in your experience and allowing this thing come to you. Um, that's totally different, but really gives you the possibility and the opportunity to grow. Yes. Yeah. So cool. So and what, it's like, it's okay. like the best decision I ever made. <laughs> well, and your business is thriving now. Like, yeah, you pretty much hung your shingle out and you know, people started just showing up. They did. I just remember having questions and I would say out loud, like, how am I going to find someone to do this? And literally within a day or two, that person would show up. Like, I, I remember I was driving on Uber. I couldn't figure out how to get on Google, right? Get my listing on Google. And the next day I was driving Uber. I have this dude sitting in the back and he starts talking to me, asking what he does. He works for Google. And he tells <laughs> me how I, have to, how I have to apply to Google my business and then wait a couple of days for them to accept it. And I get paperwork and whatever. I didn't know that whole process. And somehow this dude just sits in my back seat and tells me everything I need to know. That's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. So what did you have to like move out of your way or let go to be able to do that? Like, were there certain steps or mindset or affirmations um, that you did? Um, I had to move my, like, my views on money aside. Okay. Like I've always been the person that's like diligent with money. If my credit card gets to like $300, I start freaking out, you know? So I had to remove my belief that like if I had credit card debt, that I was moving backwards because in Arizona here, like I wasn't making barely any money driving Uber and the credit cards were just racking up. I maxed out one. I got another one, maxed out the next one. I owe my ex thousands of dollars. So I had to just completely give up that that meant I was moving backwards because I shifted the context of like, no, like I just made a huge life change and it's okay that I'm nine grand in debt. It's fine because it'll, I'll chip away at it 
Mm-hmm. And um, that was huge. Like I, I remember weekly when I first moved here, I was like panicking, like anxious. And I don't ever have those feelings. But once I gave them up, I'm just cool. I'm like, all right, just adding up the credit card. <laughs> well, and you, I mean, you started your business too. So there's startup costs with that, et cetera. So exactly. Yeah. So did you feel bad about yourself because you felt like you were moving backward or what was what was kind of going through your head? And, and how did you release that? Was it just like a sit down with yourself or something else? I did feel bad. Um, I think I had talked to a couple people. Like I talked to my ex and he was always really supportive and in talking me through it and like, it's okay, it's normal. And my friend Dan, um, Dan was actually on our podcast, but he, I just called him and I was like, I just want to throw in the towel. Like I'm going so much in debt and like, I just don't know if I can do this. And I think he, he um, made some sort of saying like, you can't make money. You can't make money without spending money or something like he pretty much made me view it that this is part of the process. Like you're putting this money into it, but the reward is going to be so much greater. Mm-hmm. And I think once he started having those conversations with me, I understood it better and I was able to release it. Awesome. So how do you view money now? I view it like I don't, I'm not attaching as much meaning to it, as much significance to it as I had before. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm a shitty person because I have $9,000 in debt, you know, Um, especially considering, I mean, there's people out there with $200,000 in debt and I'm like, nine grand is pretty small in the grand scheme of things. And especially like starting a business, people spend way more than that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just feel grateful now that it's only nine grand. Well, and you have, you said you have a plan to chip away at it and to, um, you know, to get it down to, you know, zero at some point, but. Yeah. And you know, you know, I do a lot of like writing down my goals and I write them in the present tense. So one of my goals that I had, I said, I'm, I've paid off my, um, my interest, my one credit card by December 27, 2018. The balance is zero by December 27th and literally December 26th, I paid off the credit card. Yeah. So it was like a zero, zero balance by December 27th. And I was actually able, December 26th, I paid the rest of that credit card off and it was $3,500. And somehow within four months of being open, I paid off a, a whole credit card. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> so you really are seeing things manifest and happen all around you. All the time. So that's amazing. Amazing. And do you feel like that's a piece of your leadership now as you're taking on, you know, building your business and continuing it to to grow is just letting go of the meaning of, of anything? Yeah. Letting go of the meaning of money, just letting go, letting things take their course. Like things have shown up for me that I would have said no to in the past. But I think the fact that I'm saying yes, like just different things are showing up in that space Mm -hmm. and things are just moving. Like they're moving at a really fast speed. And then anytime I see that they're not moving, I'm like, what am I resisting here? You know? Right. And talk about the resistance a little bit, because like sometimes it feels like you've got to push and push and push and push to get the goal. And you are goal oriented. Yeah. How do you let go of the resistance? a really good question um two things come to mind I do a lot of like personal development work as you know um there's something that sticks with me that whatever you resist persists Mm -hmm. 
So whether it's like in communication with someone, like if your mother's driving you crazy and you just resist that she's being a certain way, it just continues, right? So if I'm resisting certain things, if I let that go and just see it for what it is currently, because really all we have right now is the present moment, mm-hmm. you know, it allows me to just give that up and get back to the present and be like, okay, this is what I have. Like, even if I hate that I have 20 extra pounds on my body, like that is what it is right now. Right. <laughs> so what do we do from there? Right. Um, so that's what comes to my mind. And then the other thing um, that comes to my mind as far as resistance, I just, I think I do maybe say affirmations in my head. Like I'm attracting the people to me that are looking for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I, Naturally, I I think from scarcity mindset, like, oh, there's not enough to go around. No one's going to want what I have to offer. But then I see myself thinking those thoughts and I'm like, no, there's tons to go around. Right. And then I just know that, like, I just remember the few people who have sat in my chair here in Arizona and they're just like, I chose you because I just loved what you wrote on your profile. I loved the energy of what you were writing. And I'm like, all right, so there are people that I'm attracting to my life. I just have to remember that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's your, like, as a leader, that's your biggest, you know, your biggest asset is you're just, you're conscious of what you're attracting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. What other characteristics do you see as being important as you're growing your business? Let's see. Um, being organized. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with that. Um, like I kind of just like wing things and for some reason they've been working out. Yeah. But I see that like having a system and having a regimen, like dedicating maybe like an hour to a day of like marketing and doing stuff online, which I don't do. Um, I could see how that would be beneficial. But I have just no, I'm still stuck in the loop of like, I have my own business. I have this freedom. I have this flexibility. I can do whatever I want. And when I have clients scheduled, I'm there. And when I don't, I just live life. <laughs> so, Which is a great thing. You're still growing. Yeah. It's a great place to be. But, you know, I wake up at different times every day and I don't have a set gym routine. Therefore, I have the 20 extra pounds on my body. You know, right. there's definitely impacts to it. Right. Uh-huh. One step at a time. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> What's on the horizon um, for you? What are your big goals for this year? Um, let's see. Well, I just became a co-host of a podcast. So, what is the podcast so everybody can check you out? It's called Sip and Listen. It's on iTunes. Okay. Um, and we're actually expanding it too. So we record in a studio in Scottsdale, but we're hopefully looking to take it mobile and go to different people's businesses and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then my friend, Elisa and I, she's the other co-host. She and I want to start a, another separate podcast on relationships, mm-hmm. have different guests and hopefully monetize the podcast and have that be another, you know, value add to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is on the horizon for 2019? We'll put the podcast in the show notes too. So if you ever, anybody wants to check them out, uh, they can, they can check the show notes to link up with that. Cool. Yeah. We just, we just interview different people with different businesses. Like there was a woman on there, uh, that was talking about mindful divorce. 
There was an energetic healer that we did on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. There's guys that grow apps and flip houses and we just interview them. And there's just like so many amazing little nuggets that they have to share with us. And yeah, it's cool that the show just flows. Like we kind of have a basis and then it goes somewhere else and it's just great where it goes. It's awesome. Um, and my friends and I, we are kind of doing like a production company. So we're hosting our first event in February. Okay. It's going to be in this big airplane hangar. It's going to be a skin and hair show, big oh, fashion cool. show, different entertainers, um, VIP bottle service. So that just came out of nowhere. Like who would have thought I would have hosted an event like that? That's amazing. And that, this is what I love about you is you've taken something that could have stopped somebody and instead of packing your bags and going home, you have your own business, you're growing and you're taking on all these other projects that are fun that you love mm -hmm. doing and they all kind of feed each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, and really like it's, I'm learning how to collaborate with people because I've always been the person to do everything on my own. So like even the salon I worked in for 10 years, like I was totally a loner. I had 35 people I worked with, like 20 some stylists, but I always did everything on my own. Like even in the back room, I wouldn't engage in conversations. And I was there like with my little planner, planning out my week, figuring out like how to get new clients. Right. Yeah. And now it's just morphed in my development of seeing how using connections and collaborating with people can just boost you to a whole nother level and then what it takes for me like what I have to give up like having it be my way or you know if I think this is the best way giving that up and allowing someone else to shine and have their creativity come through right that's awesome I was just gonna say like what's the biggest takeaway with with learning to work and collaborate in the team environment and and now that you're doing it what do you um do you like that better do I like it better um, I do in certain ways. I don't know if I like it better for all aspects of my life, but mm. I like it because there's just way more that opens up. Like you get to see new perspectives right? and you get to see things about yourself that you may not have seen otherwise. Right. Like I noticed in some of my collaborations recently that I get like irritated with people easily. <laughs> I'm just like, what is up with me? Right. And then just having the safe space to actually communicate those things and share them and work through them together, as opposed to having it be something that comes in between you guys and then blows everything up. Right. Which I think is so important, that communication piece and you being able to like look at, oh, what, this is annoying me or this isn't working. And then just share in, in a way that's positive and contributory. Yeah. Imagine if we were all doing that. I know that would be such a great world right? <laughs> if everybody actually like listened to each other and got each other and what they're trying to say that's actually it's funny we're looping this in that was the basis for my salon like my vision mm -hmm. is that everyone is heard and understood and can say and be whoever they want to in my chair yeah. Because I realized, like, that's what I had been providing for my clients all those years. I didn't really notice it. But then I ended up taking a communication course and learned those skills and how to deepen them. Yeah. And I just see it can be such a healing experience. And that's why I added the healing aspect into my salon name. Because it can be a healing experience when you can just say what's there for you and not be judged for it. That's huge. Absolutely. And I think particularly for women, like, our hair is... A 
piece of our self-expression. Mm -hmm. So to really have that, that space to be heard and have it be a safe space and to be able to stay with this, you know, something that's similar or try something completely new, but you're able to, to craft what they want and make them feel beautiful is I think amazing. Absolutely. And taking that a whole nother step, like of what people want. Like I was traveling back and forth to Pennsylvania every two months and doing my old client's hair yes. in their houses. <laughs> and that was something I would have never, ever done. Um, and then the circumstances showed up and I'm like, all right, I can figure out how to do this. But then I also take it back to here to Arizona because there were people that were like, Hey, I'm in a wheelchair. I can't get to your salon. Would you come to me? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I did it in PA. I, can, I guess I can do it here. But I had this internal dialogue that was like, well, they're not going to pay me for my services because it's not in a salon. It's not the value that I provide. There's no hydraulic chair. There's no shampoo bowl where they get a head massage. Yeah. But then when I gave care. all that up, what? They don't care. <laughs> yeah. When I gave all that up and just realized like, no, they're asking me if I can come to them. They're not looking for luxury. They just want their freaking hair done. Yeah. So just like being open to that and what their needs and wants are. And now I'm like a traveling hairstylist sometimes. That's beautiful. That's amazing. <laughs> and I want to thank you because you've really shared so much, like, I mean, freeing up just yourself from money, creating your new vision, bring yourself up around, you know, your experience with having to do everything, um, you know, on your own and really collaborating on so many different projects, being able to speak your truth and then hearing, you know, and understanding the need and filling it like so creatively, you were on fire. <laughs> thank you. It's nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to thank you. Like, again, it's been awesome. And for everybody here, why don't you share where people can reach you too? For my business? Yeah. For, for your like social media, how can they connect with you? Yeah. 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 I'm on Instagram. Um, it's just Christina Wirtz is my personal page. And then Haven Salon Healing is my business page. Website's havensalonhealing.com. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's good. That's all right. But you post all, like everybody's hair that you're doing too. So gorgeous hair, gorgeous hair. <laughs> Again, thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. This is Emmy Krishner and the Tribe of Leaders podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have you ever thought about those times when if you had just known that one thing, it would have saved you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, or maybe days, weeks, or even months of your time? I've created the Tribe of Leaders membership community for exactly that reason to give you the tools, the resources, and the support to make growing your business a snap. As a member, you'll have access to video training, live monthly training in masterminds, and special co-working days that will help you run your business like the CEO that you are. You can get all the details at thetribeofleaders.com. See you there.